Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. In today's chapter, we run into this name that's really challenging to pronounce, Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? Have you ever been in a situation, maybe you're out at the grocery store or a coffee shop, and you've seen someone who you recognize, but you don't know why you know them, like you run into them and you know you're supposed to know them, they have a full-on conversation, but you've forgotten their name, or you can't quite figure out why you know them. Sometimes that happens when we study the Bible. We encounter a name of a a Bible character, a person from the story of Scripture who we know we've encountered before, but we can't quite remember who they are, if they're important, what the deal is. And that's kind of what's happening here with Melchizedek. At the end of the day, scholars, they have differing views as to who Melchizedek actually is. In fact, no one knows for sure where he comes from or who he is, but we first meet him back in the book of Genesis, Genesis 14 to be precise. And the story goes like this. Abraham, who at the time was actually still called Abram, was on his way back from a military victory. And he's going to meet two people, the king of Sodom and the king of Salem. So I'm in Genesis 14, starting in verse 17, reading in the NLT. The king of Sodom went out to meet Abram in the valley of Sheva, that's the king's valley, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest of God Most High, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And verse 20, blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. And then the story continues, and he interacts with the king of Sodom. But we never hear of Melchizedek, this king of Salem, again, or at least not in the rest of the narrative story of the Old Testament. But here's what we do know. Abram gave Melchizedek a tithe, that's a tenth, of all the goods he had recovered, as we read in Genesis 14, verse 20. And such an act signifies to us, the readers, that Melchizedek, he was a priest who ranked higher spiritually than Abram. We encounter Melchizedek again in the Old Testament, but this time it's in a psalm, Psalm 110, actually, and David mentions him, which is really interesting because, again, in the narrative, this encounter in Genesis 14 is the only time that we see or read about an interaction with Melchizedek, this priest. And in Psalm 110, verse 4, David says, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so we see that word you, and we're, we're reading this like, what does that mean to be a priest in the order of Melchizedek? Well, in, in saying this, this psalm, verse 4, Psalm 110, verse 4, David is using Melchizedek as a type of Christ. Now, I don't think we've talked about what a type of something is on this podcast before. So let me just give you a quick overview. Here's the definition Got Questions gives. What is a type of Christ? When we say that someone is a type of Christ, they wrote, we are saying that a person in the Old Testament behaves in a way that corresponds to Jesus's characters or actions in the New Testament. When we say that something is typical of Christ, we are saying that an object or event in the Old Testament can be reviewed as representative of some quality of Jesus. So here in Psalm 110, David is saying Melchizedek resembles Jesus. So all that said, 
That's one viewpoint. Some scholars believe Melchizedek is a biblical character who helps us better understand what Jesus is like. Or said differently, some scholars believe Melchizedek is a type of Christ. However, other scholars think Melchizedek was actually a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ himself, or a Christophany. A Christophany is best defined, and I got this from the Got Questions website, as a manifestation of God in the Bible that is tangible to the human senses. In its most restrictive sense, it is a visible appearance of God in the Old Testament period, often, but not always, in human form. And I, again, I got that from the Got Questions website, and I'd really encourage you to check out their articles on this as I found them super helpful. But anyway, this is a theory that's possible given that Abraham did interact with God in a Christophany type way back in Genesis 12 or later again in Genesis 17. But here's what's interesting. We learn more about Melchizedek in Hebrews than we do in the Old Testament. So Hebrews 6 verse 20 says, Jesus has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, what does that mean in the order of Melchizedek? Jesus is a priest in Melchizedek's order. That word order is used to signify a succession of priests throughout the generations that have held office, that have held that role. So think um, just as in the United States, we've got a list of all of our presidents throughout the years. There would be a list of all of the priests throughout the years that came from a specific um, line or that all sat in a specific seat. And so we would expect that if Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek, we'd have Melchizedek back in the Old Testament in Abram's day, and then a bunch of names filling in the gaps or filling in the timeline between Abram's day and Jesus's. But what's interesting is that that list is missing. And this anomaly or this mystery could be solved by coming to the conclusion that Melchizedek and Jesus are the same person. So this order is eternally Christ's. And as I studied this and was reading on, on the, again, the God Questions website, they noted Hebrews 7.3, which says Melchizedek was without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God. He remains a priest forever. And so the question is, does the author of Hebrews mean this literally or actually or figuratively? If the description in Hebrews is literal, then it really is difficult to see how it could be properly applied to anyone but the Lord Jesus Christ. No mere earthly king remains a priest forever, and no mere human is without father or mother. If Genesis 14 describes a Christophany, again, that's a time when God appears in a tangible way in the Old Testament, then God the Son came to give Abraham his blessing in Genesis 14. And as the article continues, if the description of Melchizedek is figurative, then the details of having no genealogy, no beginning or end, a ceaseless ministry, they're simply statements accentuating the mysterious nature or highlighting the mysterious nature of the person who met Abraham in Genesis 14. And in this case, the silence in the Genesis account or the lack of details we have surrounding who Melchizedek is or was is purposeful and better serves to link Melchizedek as a type of Christ or as representative of Christ. And honestly, it can swing either way. So we have to decide if, number one, Jesus was there in the flesh appearing to bless Abraham as a Christophany, or if, number two, 
Melchizedek is a figure who is representative of Jesus Christ to help us better understand what Jesus is like, as in a type of Christ. So do you think he was a Christophany or a type of Christ? Was he actually there or is he a different person who represented Jesus? That's what we got to wrestle with. And I'm not going to tell you what I think because The fun thing for us is that we get to explore mysteries in the scripture like this all the time, actually. And we don't have to know all the answers, but we get to trust that even when we don't know all the answers, God is still good. His story is still true. And he's got something for us to learn. So I'd encourage you, press in, explore, be curious. Don't get stuck on it. We don't have to know everything. In fact, we don't know everything. And that's always a good reminder. But it really can be fun to explore as we open our hearts and our minds to the mysteries of God. So thanks for listening. And as always, I'm so glad we're on this journey reading the Bible together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help. 